welcome to The Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast brought to you by Addictive Archery with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Siegel. Hey guys. Hey Brian. How's it going? Good. It worked. Can you guys hear me okay? We can hear you perfect, yeah. Okay, you guys sound a little quiet. I don't know if it's on my end or... Oh, yeah, let me turn up my volume. I was about to say, with Chris, that might be a good thing. <laughs> uh, you guys want me to put my camera on or... That's your call. Do you have clothes on? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I actually have a, a Compton uh, sweatshirt on, so... Excellent. What's going on? How are you? How guys are you? Good. Good deal. Excellent. Yeah. What's new, man? How you been? Pretty good, yeah. I was just uh, just came back from Texas. I was in the uh, business meeting. I I retired three years ago. Yeah. Uh, but I run an industry association that represents all the automakers. So I go to about ten to fifteen meetings a year around the country and in Mexico. So I was at a meeting there. Flew back uh, last night. And you Excellent. were and you were in Florida. What last week? Let's see. Well, I was in Mexico in March, and then I was in Florida. Yes, I lose track. Yeah, you're I would, um, One year when I was working, I was deploying a global system, and I uh, went to 23 countries in one year. So I've just learned, get on a plane. You know, when I land, I'm good. <laughs> so That's awesome, this, yeah. This podcast always makes me feel so inferior. Between the backgrounds of our guests and the fact I've never even left the country. Nobody's heard the Ron one yet. Well, maybe by the time this one airs, but I had only been to Indiana, and that was a constant joke throughout the whole thing. They're talking about out west, and I had been to Indiana. Dude, you, you, you live five miles from Canada. I saw you in Kalamazoo. That's as far west as I have been. I went to I went through Indiana to get to Kalamazoo. Well, next time you show up in Michigan... I'll take you somewhere. <laughs> Get you a little further west. West so. west side of Kalamazoo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think we actually found that, Chris, looking for food. Probably, yeah. I don't know if the hood is the west side, but, man, we went through some sketchy places from a guy for Vermont. <laughs> well, Shane, we you're from Vermont, and then, Chris, you're from Pennsylvania? Yeah, yep. Okay. All right. Yep, w- wonderful Pennsylvania. Yeah. Hey, I, I like Pennsylvania. I was at Etar uh, last year for my first year, and I really enjoyed it there. That's beautiful. We stayed. Oh yeah. I was at a uh, Airbnb with Three Rivers and uh, Traditional Bowhunter Magazine, and we had a we had a place that had a really nice deck on the back and overlooked you know a lot of the mountains and hills and all that. It was pretty cool. Wait, la- last year was your first year? Yeah. yeah. You never you never went to Denton Hill. No, because I was always working, and you know, I, it was one of those where all my vacation time was allocated to going to Alaska. Oh, so well, that, that's not a bad thing. That's not. Terrible. I was about to say that's a real bummer. You know, but, yeah, <laughs> hard choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, oh, geez, for some reason, I was thinking you were. I saw you at uh, Denton Hill once. Yeah. Well, I was there uh, last year, and it was what? It was at the new location, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Sawmill. Yep. Yeah. You gonna make a return so, trip or no? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be there. I'll be working the Compton booth. Excellent, so. perfect. Sam Barrett, do you know? You guys know Sam? 
No, I don't think so. Okay, he's from that area, so him and I are going to tag team the booth, and um, should be a good time. It's I was really impressed with the, with the shoot. Oh yeah, it's great. It is. I, um, I would say last year was downsized too. I mean, compared to normal. I mean, yeah. I would actually say there was almost more vendors at Compton last year than there was at Etar, and okay. I would say a big part of that was because so many vendors did so well at Compton that they chose not to go to Etar. I, I think there was a lot of like. Um, People were hesitant because it was a new venue or whatever. Gotcha. And I bet new you that venue, yeah, still COVID concerns. Yeah, I, I bet I bet we're back to normal this year. I bet you it's it's a it's a full house at the vendor tent. Uh, I mean, well, at the end of the day, everybody has a great time. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Was gonna have a good time. Yeah, I I definitely wasn't bored. So no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so so what else is new with you? What have you been up to? Well, we actually, uh, I was in Nebraska. I was able to, uh, we had a Compton board meeting at Plum Creek. I saw pictures. Are you guys familiar with Plum Creek at all? Uh, no, but I, I, I know that cabin's got some history, right? Yeah, so it's uh, it's owned by Dick and Carol Mock, and, you know, Dick passed um, a couple years ago, but uh, Carol invited the Compton board to have a board meeting there, and and so... We all went out there, or the majority of the board did, and we had a board meeting. And then, and then we actually a couple of us, Mike Mann and myself, Wade Job, I think those were the three that actually stayed around and did some turkey hunting. And I'm, you know, by confession, I'm not a turkey hunter uh, by nature. I enjoy it, but it's it's not my favorite animal. But I was fortunate to to get a nice bird there. And what's really cool is. Uh, Carol let me hang the kill arrow right in the Plum Creek cabin. So awesome. there's a lot. There's you know Fred Bear used to escape Detroit in Grayling and go to Nebraska and hunt with uh, Dick Mock. So Dick Mock was a you know shareholder in Bear Archery, and so that's the connection there. And so there you know you see a lot of pictures you know in the cabin of people that have been there and. And Carol's got these uh, curtains that kind of close off the different sleeping quarters. And if you stay there, you get to sign the curtains. So, you know, you're seeing Fred Bear, you're seeing Glenn St. Charles, you're seeing Dick Latimer, you see just, you know, Ann Hoy, just seeing all this history, you know, in that cabin. It's really cool. But, you know, we were fortunate to, you know, to get to go there and, and do some hunting and sign the curtains. So it was pretty cool. Oh wow, that sounds great. How how big of a piece of property is that on? I think, uh, man, I think it is two thousand acres. It's wow. either a thousand acres. That's a good chunk. But yeah, it's and it's you know you think of Nebraska and you think you're thinking of cornfields and everything flat, but this is like north central Nebraska, and it is. I thought I was in Colorado. I mean, it's extremely hilly and just just a really cool piece of property. That's awesome. Lots of woods, or yeah, uh, a combination. You know, you had you had uh, bunch. You had some river bottoms because it's right on it's right on a river, um, and then you had some open areas, some cedar trees, quite a few cedar trees. But uh, it was just really a neat piece of property. I didn't expect the uh, the you know the terrain to be as diverse as it was. Yeah, there's some pretty spots in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. How how'd you uh, how'd you do with um with hunting? Would you would you set up on like the edge of a field or something, or, or how'd you work that? 
Well, again, this goes back to me not really being a turkey hunter, and, yeah. and I usually just run and gun. I, you know, I like that style. I don't really, I don't really get excited about sitting in a, a pop up blind and and all that. But you know, I flew there, so I, I really, I didn't take any decoys or anything. I just had my bow and, and arrows. And Mike Minton had some extra. He had an extra blind and some extra decoys, and so. After the meeting was over the next day, we went out and he said, "Brian, just go to my blind up on the up on the hill there." And it, uh, I was there maybe maybe uh, three hours, and I could hear some you know Tom's goblin you know across the river, but they didn't land in the field I was sitting in, uh, and I was just tucked into some cedars, and then all of a sudden I just heard the wings dragging behind you know behind me and all of a sudden this time came in so it was pretty cool that is what awesome. type of turkeys are out there it's well like they, right have, on the... uh, they have a variety i mean they've got the miriam which is what i got but then they've got like hybrids where you've got a cross between i think uh rios and miriams and i also think they have a cross between easterns and miriams those miriams are pretty there's, yeah, I just love the white, you know, mm-hmm. the white tips and all that. So I, I think they're my favorite looking out of all of them. I, was yeah. say, I always go back and forth between them and the Easterns. Yeah, the Easterns are cool. Nice. Yeah, but man, I like, I like, like Brian said, I like that white in them that on the on the back end of them, they look so good. And then what? You've got the oscillated ones. Yep. And like they're, and that, and yeah. They're pretty crazy looking too. Yeah. With collars. Turkeys are cool. I like them. Did you call it all, or were you just sitting? Yeah, I was calling, and and actually, what happened is, I could hear a hen. I could hear the times early gobbling off the roost, and then you know everything got quiet, so I knew they had hit the ground. But about you know two hours, maybe two and a half hours into it, I could hear this hen in the river bottom, and so I was essentially just you know mimicking what she was doing, and she did not like it. No. Uh, I mean, she came up into the field and. I mean, it was getting loud, and I'm like, "Well, this is at least I've seen a seen a turkey." And then, uh, like you said, shortly after, then I could hear wings dragging on the ground, and then uh, it happened. So. He, he followed her up. Well, no, I lost sight of her. She kind of oh. worked her way across the entire field, and you know, I I just had the one front window open, so I lost sight of her, and um, and then all of a sudden, the you know, the time showed up, and there were actually. There were actually two times because when I got out of the blind, uh, a time flew off and it wasn't the one I shot. So there were two coming in. Oh, cool, cool. The, 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 I always the, really like the uh, def or not definitions, but like whenever you're talking to a guy that shoots traditional, it's always like I was just happy to see a turkey or you know, super yeah. happy I yeah. almost had a chance. <laughs> yeah, it's my always- expectations aren't real high turkey hunting, and like I said, I, I used to live. I was a plant manager at Saturn, so I spent. I lived in Franklin, Tennessee for five and a half years, and, you know, there were a lot of birds there, and I had some land to hunt there, so it was, you know, I, I enjoyed it there, but in Michigan, I uh, I just hunt state land, and, um, and I don't really have a good spot, and I've got a cabin up in northern Michigan, and the turkey population's really down from prior years, so. Yeah, anyway. I, I think they're down everywhere. They're, it's, it's rough here. I mean, we always... Man, since I was a little kid, we've always had a really good flock roaming around, and it, it wasn't too hard to get into turkeys. But, I mean, last year, I think I heard two gobbles, which is, like, unheard of. 
Yeah. And so I, I, I had all these great intentions to get out last Saturday. My, uh, my wife was out of town and it was my son and I, and apparently getting a nine year old out of bed at 4am is hard. <laughs> and that's the challenge. Huh? Yeah. He shot me down. So no, no. yeah. No, no. And, and last year it was funny cause last year I'd get up at 4am and he's sitting in the kitchen waiting full camo on ready to go. This year, yeah. he's like, nah, I'm not having it. So, Does he have something else that's piqued his interest? Or? Appar- apparently sleep. <laughs> that's it. Well, there was nothing else. Well, he that just, happens, I guess. He had zero interest oh, in getting up this year, so or at least last Saturday. So hope, um, hopefully we get out this Saturday, but it looks like crap with weather. I think we're supposed to get all rain. Lots of So that means I'll be out by myself in the rain. That's okay. Go. Yeah, whatever. It could be worse. Yeah, I mean. That's yeah, fun to get out. I mean, yeah, I don't. I'm not a big turkey hunter, but I always love, you know, being out in the springtime. So. Oh yeah, I have zero. I have zero expectations. I just want to. I, I like being in the woods, and if you hear a gobble, that's a win. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Sure. I I just saw uh, Jim Echo just uh, we had a story up where yep. he I think he just killed a bird. I haven't heard from him yet, but I sent him a message, and it looks like he just got one with his uh, new Kodiak. Yeah, we we just we just were talking about that five minutes before before we called you. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's hanging out. Oh, that's not okay. I was gonna say I messaged him, but um, yeah, that's awesome. That was a good looking bird too. Yeah. With with the Kodiak, you just got one too, right? Yeah, I did, and uh, I really like that bow. I've shot it, and uh, it's it's sweet shooting bow. You know, I, I got the original too, which I really enjoy. But I love the. You know, Shedwa with the purple heart and the yep. green glass. It's really sharp looking. And it's so pretty. I shot one out at Kalamazoo, and uh, <laughs> I liked it. Um, and I, I was, uh, yeah, I just, uh, they're, they're so pretty. They're real nice. I have a feeling I'm going to be outbared on this podcast. That's the problem. I already feel yep. it. It's going to be the Jim out part two. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> That's okay. I, my, my plan is to just keep getting people who are into bears on this podcast, and, and that'll be great with me. So There you go. Yeah. No, I love those bows. I mean, shot them, you know, as a kid. That was my first hunting bow. It was a Kodiak Magnum, a 40-pound Kodiak Magnum when I was 12. And, you know, like Jim, uh, you know, my family would always go up to northern Michigan and go to the museum. And every once in a while, Fred would be there. And that was really neat to get to meet him in person. And that's where I ended up, you know, for my 12th birthday, I got a my first real hunting bow was a bear Kodiak Magnum. What year was awesome. that bow? Do you remember? Uh, 1975. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a blue stripe, you know, the green with the blue stripe. Mm-hmm. With the uh, silver raised medallion, and I still have that bow. I that's the one thing my dad um, and I've said this on other podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, cut it out. Let me know. But, no, go yeah. ahead. It's still good. I love hearing it. Yeah, yeah my dad. He he shot his first uh, deer with a recurve in 1961, and came home home and sold 32 guns. And so <laughs> I've I've uh, you know he 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 basically said. The gun will hold no fascination for me, you know, anymore. And so, and he, he loved guns, uh, but I've never even owned a gun, you know, because I've just always been intrigued by, you know, bow and arrows. And so, I knew I liked you, Brian. What's that? I said I knew I liked you. Do you not? Yeah. Do you not own a gun either? Me? Yeah. You own a gun, don't you? Like hunting guns? Or? Yeah, or just a gun. I don't own the hunting rifle. I have a couple like. All right, just checking. Self protection type of. 
guns. Brian, that that blew my mind when you when you, when I first heard you say that, that you, you didn't own any guns. Yeah, yeah, and I I probably should now, you know. With yeah, things are getting weird. Get yeah, but uh, I, I can. But yeah, I, I've always been a bow guy, and and my dad he he would also he had a rule where um, I had four brothers, and he had a rule where you had to um, you, you could start hunting in Michigan when you were twelve. But he had a rule that you couldn't get in a tree stand until you shot a deer off the ground. So picture That's a twelve-year-old awesome. in a in a and the, they didn't have the pop-up blinds then. You know, it was just natural blinds. I mean, I had deer coming up behind me eating off my blind. You know, and not able to get a shot. But it was just you know great memories and great adventure. And um, I, I think it took me four years to finally get a deer. You know, with with that bear Kodiak Magnum off the ground. And then, uh, you know, after the, after that, it was kind of happening a lot more consistently. But how well I was going to ask if you happen to remember that story. Uh, yeah, well. good. exactly. How well do you remember that story? Uh, it's uh, in terms of the, my first kill, you mean? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, I was in Big Rapids, Michigan, and uh, I just it was in the evening and there was this lone doe that just started walking towards me. And I could just, you know, I could tell she was you know going to come in my direction so i just got ready and she gave me a 20 yard broadside shot and uh and so you know it happened happened pretty quick it was double lung shot and um it was you know it was one of those things where you're always going to remember that hunt because it's your first you know your first uh big game animal so it was pretty cool and like i said i i still have that bow in my den you know today so Every time I look at it, I, I go right back to that hunt. Was your arrow rattling on the shelf as she was coming in? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm positive about that. Occasionally, I wonder if shelf material came about for a quieter draw or to minimize the <laughs> rattle you The rattle, get. yeah. Probably a combination of both, yeah. That's, That's all. too cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is but my oldest brother, he was, uh, he held true to my dad's rule. And I think he was 32 years old before he got <laughs> three. And he wasn't, he wasn't a hardcore bow hunter. You know, he bow hunts casually. So, but, uh, we all. I was say, did he start at 12? Just to give a year frame here. <laughs> What's that? I said, did he start at 12? Oh, yeah, he started at 12. But, you know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't into it like, uh, the other brothers, brothers were. So, he was more of a casual hunter so what's what's a hunt that's that's like your favorite what's one you, you look back and you're like that if i could relive that one over and over again that would be the one. Ooh, good question man i've had so many great adventures i've been super yeah. blessed i mean you know um but it you know my favorite animal by far is you know alaskan moose and you know my first moose is pretty special um I was charged by a bull moose twice that I ended up killing. That that was pretty special. And then, you know, the bull on the tribute hunt was pretty oh. neat just because of everything that surrounded that hunt and, you know, having that accomplishment. It was just, I mean, we weren't there to, it wasn't about uh, the moose. It wasn't about Jim or I. It was about paying tribute to Fred and Glenn uh, in commemorating that 1959 hunt. But, once that moose hit the ground, it was pretty neat. <laughs> we, 
we asked Jim pretty much the same or a similar question, and his response was the tribute hunt, and he didn't even kill anything that hunt. That yeah. that must yeah. have been an awesome time. It it was a really neat experience, and and uh, you know it was great having Jim up there. That that was actually let's see, yeah, that was the first year him and I had hunted moose together. Monty retired in, in, after uh, he shot that big bull in 2018. Allegedly, so, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it was short-term retirement, you know, he's, but... Uh, Pulled a Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Oh, oh but no, it's just, it was just neat, you know, here's our childhood hero that we're paying tribute to, along with, you know, Glenn St. Charles, and it was just, it was, it was a really special hunt. Yeah, it was... But I would say, in terms of, in terms, I've killed six moves, and my first one, though, is... You know, it's kind of like my first whitetail, that first moose. I mean, I've got vivid memories of that hunt, and that that was it was just really cool to finally something you dreamed about as a kid all of a sudden it happened, and uh, and it just made it special. Let's hear that story. Well, I was hunting with a buddy from Ohio. His name's Kevin Dillon. We actually met each other in the Northwest Territories at McKay Lake on a caribou hunt. And we were we were teamed up in the same boat, hit it off really well, and he invited me down to Ohio to uh, hunt whitetails, you know, after because we were hunting at the end of September or end of excuse me, end of August, uh, beginning of September at McKay Lake. So I hunted whitetails with him, and then we you know we just became really good friends, and uh, we said we ought to do a moose hunt, you know, do a do it yourself moose hunt. So we. You know, we picked Monty's brain and just really gathered a bunch of information, got a pilot, and then uh, flew up to Alaska. And the first year we uh, hunted together was 2008, and we didn't get anything. We saw moose, we were into them, but neither one of us were able to get it done. And then 2009, we were at a different year strip, and typically we like to get elevation, so get on the side of the mountain and then look in the valley, and then when you see a moose, make a move but uh i told kevin i'm like you know what it was it was day four and i told him i'm like i want to get out of cheap seats and i want to get right into the valley and so i went behind camp and there was this little knob and went out there first thing in the morning and started cow calling and instantly heard a bull grunting and it just kept getting louder he kept walking so i could tell he was walking towards me and then all of a sudden i caught a I caught a glimpse of his antler and I was tucked behind some uh, spruce trees on this knob and just kind of like peeking, peeking in the corner, if you will. And all of a sudden I just see, I see these palms coming up and he's just rocking his head and I can see his eyes rolling back. And all of a sudden he's just tearing up brush and I see the tops of spruce trees just snapping off. You know, he's just into the trees and just, you know, raking his antlers and just snapping the tops of the the spruce trees off. And he came in, and again, I was on this knob, and I I started putting tension on the string. And I don't know if he caught a little movement or what, but anyway, he stopped and he looked at me. And I'm like, oh, you know, I had that feeling like where it's all going to blow up right here. But I just kept focused on, you know, his shoulder and then he turned and started walking, and as soon as that leg went forward, you know, just came back and and it just went right behind the 
you know, right behind the shoulder, and I heard him crash. He went about 80 yards, and it was just, you know, you know, Kevin and I were, I, I went went and grabbed Kevin and because we hunted separately, but we went back to that bull and just had a pretty good celebration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what bow? That one was a uh, caribou, actually, from Apex okay, yeah. out of Canada. Yeah, it was a longbow, so caribou tuck two, I think. No, the tuck two is a recurve. Um, I'm trying. I, I'm losing the model right now. But was it like D style? No, it was more. It was a uh, hybrid. Okay. Okay. But then I've killed. Uh, I think I've killed four moose with a uh, with a northern mist. Oh know, yeah. Erica, and that's a you know classic D style. Yep. Yep. They're, they're pretty. Yeah. And then obviously killed the the one with the bear fifty nine Kodiak, so from the tree hunt. Now, before you shot that first moose, had you seen a lot of moose up close? Um, well, the year before we were seeing moose, but it was uh, we were just I don't know weird naive because we were in a non restricted area, but we were just holding out for monsters, and we had opportunities to kill a moose and. Yeah, and didn't do it. And I look back now, and I'm like, "What were we thinking? You know, we should have been getting a moose under our belt, and then, and then going from there." But yeah, I can just picture this moment when you walk up to it for the first time and just taking it, the yeah. just the monstrosity size of the animal in as you walked up on it for that first time. Well, where it really hits you is when you have when you have a. Uh, um, and this one, I think it was a younger bull. I don't, so I, you know, a, a mature bull, Alaska bull in his prime, call it 15, 1600 pounds. Wow. I would say, you know, this one was probably the 13, 1400 category. But, you know, when you have that bull getting that close and rocking his antlers, you know, wanting to <laughs> take him out, it's, I mean, that's when you really are impressed with their size. <laughs> So, yeah, especially being on the ground next to them. What's that? Especially being on the ground next to them. Oh, I mean, yeah. you're not up in a tree or anything. You're you're right. You're on their playing field. So. Oh yeah, I mean you're looking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in 2009, I was on that knoll, so I, you know, I was a little more eye level. But I, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what year it is. But I had two bulls. I was on the side of the mountain, and I saw two bulls fighting. So they were going at it. And I, I just made a beeline down the mountain and, and snuck in there. And the fighting had stopped, but all of a sudden I saw the one bull take off across the river, and then the other one started walking right towards me. I got behind this willow bush, and that thing came five yards head on. And I'm, I'm pinned down. I'm on my you know, knee you know, <laughs> you know, with my bow in front of me trying to hide behind my quiver. And uh, that thing just, you know, I'm like, oh, if he if he keeps walking, you know, and it puts his head down, I'm done. But uh, you know, they're they're an impressive animals. Did you shoot that one? No, no, I never got. I didn't want to take that frontal shot. Right, right. He just did a, you know, he he figured, you know, I don't know if he smelt me or what, but he he knew something wasn't right. And did just did a quick 180 and walked the other way and never got a shot. So here wow. here you are, you know. Five yards, literally five yards, on your knees behind a willow bush, and you, you know, he gets away. So what an experience! 
I have a feeling the quiver blind feels a lot more effective against a whitetail than it does a 1,400-pound moose. <laughs> yes. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's pretty interesting. But, uh, oh, I can't even fathom that. It's just like when Chris Perino was telling us his grizzly story. Oh, yeah. just, like, it's got to be the same general feeling. I mean, Yeah, I mean, they don't bite you, but, you know... I, I've, uh, I went to the Yukon, let's see, Kevin Dill and I went there in 2006, and obviously you need a guide there, um, and the guide was definitely more concerned about, you know, moose in the rut than he was about grizzly bear. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. I've heard that because a lot. Moose, they're coming in to fight, you know, they're mm-hmm. fighting, you know, the bears, their tendency is to run away. Yeah. And I, I have been charged by uh, bull moose twice, so it's. Um, you said you shot that one, right? Yeah, I did. Um, How'd that go down? It was, that was 2016, and I'd I'd seen this moose four nights in a row. He'd come out with a cow, and the cow would um, the cow would just be feeding, and he'd just bed down. And I told Monty, uh, Monty and I were hunting together, and I said, if he does that again, I'm going to make a stock. And it was about a mile away. And when you're when you're on the side of the mountain, everything looks fairly open. When you get down in the valley, you really can't see anything. But stalked my way in there, and then you know, and then saw a paddle horn, um, and then I saw the cow. So I knew I was in the right area, but I couldn't see the big bull. And all of a sudden, I looked to my left, and there he was, just laying there with these with these big paddles. And so I just knocked an arrow, and I had a uh, a fake antler, and just started grunting and walking towards him. And he didn't like that. <laughs> and, the, and the cow, the cow was looking like, "What the heck's going on?" So she wasn't running off; she was just like, "What is going on here?" And uh, anyway, the bull got up. He started rocking his antlers, and every time I was trying to get broadside he would square off and uh and then at he was about 30 yards i think 20 probably about 25 30 yards away and then all of a sudden he just let out this roar and came running at me and uh he stopped at about 20 yards and so it was like a bluff charge and he would start rocking again and he rocked enough to where he opened up his chest and i was able to get an arrow in his chest and I was, you know, I'm thinking he's going to run off. And he, he ran straight at me. And it looked like a high-speed bulldozer coming at me. <laughs> and literally, what went through my mind was, I'm a dead man. I'm screwed. I mean, because there weren't any trees. It was just open, you know, willow brush and, you know, nothing to really get behind. And oh, my gosh. I was getting ready to just bail to the left or bail to the right. But he get, he got about ten yards away, and I could tell the arrow was starting to have an impact. And then he he ran off and uh, and crashed. But it was pretty intense. That sounds it. Wow. It was a good time to make a good shot. It sounds. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would have been a big bad one to hit in the butt. He would have been coming in even more fierce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Have you guys ever seen the the video with Dwight Shue? Yes. Up close, where he shoots that bull, and the bull knows where the where it came from, and basically tries to run him over. Oh, that's, that's what it felt like. Classic. Oh yeah. my. What what kind of what kind of stuff have you run into like that? Like be some, like sketchy situations. Other than that. Well, I've uh, I, one year I was on the side of the mountain and I had a caribou, and this was a really big uh, white mane bull caribou uh, running. 
kind of in my direction. So he was kind of coming from camp, working in my direction in the valley. Did and, he know you were there or no? Oh no, okay. no I was okay. on the side. Of, I was on the side of the mountain. And okay. He okay. was he was just like running in my direction. I'm like. There's a uh, where I hunt. There's a little peninsula that separates the main river from a from a back channel, and they like to use that peninsula to cross. So I just you know ran down the mountain and was I had uh, wiggy waders. They're like waders that just slide over your boots and pants, lightweight nylon things. And anyway, I I was about halfway across the river and I could see the caribou's antlers running right on that peninsula. So, I mean, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He just got there too fast. So anyway, I continued going across the river, and the river right there is just just like 15 yards, so it's not very wide. But I was bent over in the willows, taking off my waders, and all of a sudden I just heard this, and I heard this smack in the water, and I turned around, and everything went in slow motion. I, I remember it vividly where... I saw this grizzly's paw in the water, left paw in the water. I could see his jaws, and I could beads of water were just going up in slow motion from his paw hitting the water. And I, I don't carry a, you know, I don't have a gun, so I've got, you know, bear spray. So I pulled the bear spray out. I turned around, and I was just getting ready to spray, and he just like he just stopped and ran the other way. And I think what happened was he. he I was bent over in the willows. I think he thought I was the caribou. I think I just got in the middle of him chasing the caribou. So I think that's why the caribou was running. And then when I was bent over in the willows, he thought I was a caribou. And when I stood up, he's like, hey, wait a minute. That's not what I was after. So I'll never know the true story, but um, it was it was pretty intense. Or, or he's been maced before. <laughs> yeah, no, I you know I have uh, sprayed a black bear in Manitoba before that was trying to get above above me in a tree, and, and it was a, a legit three hundred pound black bear, and that wasn't going to happen. So well, he, he, he was coming up your tree that you were in. Oh yeah, and what was happening is there was actually a bigger bear chased him up that tree. So I was getting ready to shoot this three hundred pounder, and then all of a sudden he just like beeline right to my tree and he's like <laughs> coming up and all of a sudden man i'm just grabbing bear spray and i i gave it to him i mean he, he was probably maybe a couple feet away and oh, he was cool. wanting to get above me and and then a bigger uh, boar showed up you know and that's what chased him up the tree but when i sprayed the bear he you know he didn't fall off the tree but he got down pretty quick and then ran off into the woods and he was just like oh <laughs> how he didn't hit how he didn't hit uh, you know run into trees and all that i'll never know but um, and then i never did get a, uh, you know the bigger bear knew something was something was wrong and i never got a shot at him but uh then i was looking at the tree i was in it was a ladder stand and i didn't notice this when i was climbing up but I was looking at the tree, and this tree is just shredded with bear marks, you know, bear claws and all that. And I told I was up at Stick Flingers, uh, oh yeah, in Manitoba there. And I told Ryan, I'm like, Ryan, you put me in the safety tree. I mean, every bear that is going to get run off is going to come right up this tree. So anyway, we had a good laugh about that. But yeah, I've had some pretty cool, you know, pretty cool adventures and. You know, they're, they're all fun and games, you know, if, if you survive. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh gosh, Let, let's yeah. let's back up because I don't want I don't want to let you off too easy on 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 the bear archery thing. Okay. Are um how how geez, you've been shooting them since you're 12? Uh, yeah. And and you, clearly you've dabbled a little bit in other things, other other uh, other bows. What, oh yeah. What yeah, kept, I've got a number of custom bows too. What kept you coming back? Well, I just again, I I think for me first, I I love I love their bows. I mean, mm-hmm. the takedown's probably one of my favorites. The fifty nine Kodiak, another you know favorite of mine. The the Kodiak Magnum holds a special place because it was it was my first bow, but. You know, it, it all goes back to me. I'm kind of, I'm in the backyard shooting a bear Kodak Magnum when I was 12 years old. We would we I remember seeing the videos or Kodiak Country, mm-hmm. going to the museum, seeing that film, and then going in the backyard. And my brothers and I, we would be, you know, one guy would be Ed, Ed Builderback and one guy would be Fred Bear, and we'd be coming and just waving them to come over and film and we're you know crouched behind a, a bush or a tree you know getting ready to shoot a grizzly and so to me it's just you know the legacy of fred bear is important to me and uh and the nostalgia of that i think is a big part so um and, and i love their bows so yeah i'm a total sucker for the nostalgia yeah. I, I, f- I feel since we asked Jim out this question, we have to ask Brian. Oh, definitely. If you could only choose one, Ooh. which one, one would it be? One bow? One bear bow? One bear bow. Like, out of the bows you own right now. If I could only choose one. So I'd only get one bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that'd be torture for me. That would be torture for most of us. Be- before you answer this, how many bears do you own? Do you know? Well... Gosh, Jane. Uh, <laughs> I retired. I pulled them all out, and I think I think right now I own between, and this is total bows. Mm-hmm. I own probably in between 160 to 175, and I, I'm not. I don't collect them. They, you know, I I've got a few that are what you'd consider collector bows, but they're bows I hunt with. Um, but I've got I've got over 100 bear bows. So. Would your wife consider you collecting them at this point? No, no, well, that's good. She, you got to keep her then. She doesn't collect shoes, so I don't collect bows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, now you can Best answer. Subtle comment ever. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, but so what's I, the what's the one? One only, man. Well, I I think I think it would have to be a takedown, but. Uh, because I travel, so yeah. I definitely need to take down for travel. Um, I do have one of the signature bows, you know, um, with the gold latches and all that, the yeah. the B handle. But my favorite combination is really the A handle with number three limbs. Oh, agreed. I just yeah. just like that combination. So. Yeah, I sold my A handle a while back, and I've regretted it since like an hour after I sold it. <laughs> So it, it it was it was the it was one of the red stripes and I and okay, yeah. man did I love that bow I just couldn't get a set of limbs it would regardless I I sold it and I regretted it and I have a 50th anniversary B riser right now which I absolutely love but I That's want a good bow. oh yeah. gosh I love that bow I love it so much um I want another A though so I'm a, I'm on the, I'm on the lookout I'm, I haven't found the one I'm looking for yet but it'll be there sooner or later. 
So, Chris, I had the advantage with my dad, and he shot, he always shot bear archery. Um, he, he would always trade in a bow to get a new bow. Right. And then, you know, later on, he would say, man, I just wish I had all those bows that I owned oh. back. And uh, so that resonated with me and stuck with me. And that's why I haven't ever sold. I have not ever sold a bow. So I'm I I have that pretty much the same rule with the exception of I've sold one bow so far because the the grip just didn't fit my hand I couldn't mm-hmm. shoot it yeah. um it was a custom I paid a lot of money for and just never agreed with me and n- now I have a I have a long bow that I'm trying to sell and it's 68 inches and I'm a 27 inch draw I'm not getting into yeah. those limbs. Yeah, that's so, a long bow. Yeah, so I mean, but the bow is absolutely—it's a—it's a Tolkien. It's killer. It's beautiful. Super yeah. D. I actually have to travel from Vermont to Pennsylvania to string it for him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long. I have issues stringing it. And I had it, lo, long story short. I asked him. We were walking in. I was going to drop it off at Lonnie's, right? Yeah, and and I, we've already told. I story, totally but, was not on yeah. the same page. So so we're walking into Kalamazoo, and this I'm is like, that Kalamazoo, yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey man, would would you string this for me? Because like I struggle with it. It's like I'm I'm way up here trying to get the string over the tip, and it's it's a it's a it's a mess. Yeah. And and he's like, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. So we walk in, and when you go in and buy your ticket, you know how like you go straight into the area, or you go left over to Lonnie's. Well, the yeah. lady's like, okay, you can go in and you go over there because I had the bow in my hand. I'm like, uh, and I start walking and I see him just go disappear into the show. And I'm like, all right, so I'm by myself. So I walk over to Lonnie's, Lonnie's uh, bench and I'm talking to him and get, filling out all the paperwork and stuff. And, and there's, a, there's a, a dude there that's taking the bows and I'm like, uh, you good with the push pull? He's like, yeah. I'm like, sweet, str- string this for me, will you? Please. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no problem. I'm like, oh, thank God. Uh, but I wanted to kill him because he bailed on me and left oh, yeah. me sitting there like an idiot because I can't, I can't, I didn't bring a stringer because I always string my bows with a stringer and yeah. I'm so. not, I don't even remember you asking if I would string it there. Bullsh, you know. <laughs> I remember you asking, all right, remember doing it in the hotel well, Jake, room. That was, that was you that had to string it? Yeah. Yeah. And he or bailed on me. Because right, gotcha. he's like he's like six two and he's got a seventy two inch wingspan and I'm like I have my arms are like T Rex you know. Oh, I thought you were having to ask some random. Guy. I did. I I, ended, I asked him originally. Yeah, because I bailed on him. So and he he's had to like ask some he's, random guy to show. Oh, it exactly. Him. Yeah, he, he's All like right. sure I'll do it for you and then he runs on me and then I got to ask some random guy to do it for me. That's funny. So, oh, it was a comical. But yeah, anyway, that bow's got to go. And when it goes, it's probably going to end up being another bear that comes back, you know, in, in place of it. It'll be, it'll, it'll, another bow will replace that one. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to sell anything I own ever. Yeah. And I shot that turkey uh, with the uh, A Mag Riser. Which and, is, uh, yeah. Yeah. With, with the number, I actually, that had, number one fiftieth anniversary lens on it. So that that was pretty cool. Fifty six inch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have I have uh I have the AMAG with number threes. Well I have I pretty much always bought number threes. With this is gonna sound ridiculous but well, the, because since you have such a long draw length you need number threes. Yeah, I, exactly. th- there is you know there is something about a B riser with number threes that just makes it so smooth. Oh yeah, that's very. And smooth. so I didn't hesitate about a sixty-four inch uh, recurve. I, I didn't yeah. even hesitate it, and it 
I mean, it, it clearly it works. It killed my deer this year, so. But I, I love that bow. I love that setup. Yeah, right now I've got the uh, the B mag. How you like that? In the Fred Bear Camel, I uh, I just got it not too long ago, and so I haven't uh, I haven't had a lot of time with it because I, you know, like I said, took the A mag to uh, Nebraska and that. But uh, and that's what I well I just set up the new Kodiak, you know, to hunt turkeys in Michigan. But our season ends actually tomorrow where I'm at up north. Oh no, kidding. So anyway. Didn't really, didn't really do anything in Michigan. I, I was doing a, quite a bit of traveling and hunting on state land, and never even saw or heard a bird. So it was a little disappointing from that standpoint. What do you, what do you think you're using this year, this season, like for, well, for deer? Yeah, I'm one of those guys where I, I'll go through three or four bows a season. Yeah. Um, you know, if I want to, I, I really um, don't have issues switching bows. You know, I can adapt pretty quick. Yeah, probably probably just my shooting style, but but I'll I'll uh, I know I want to hunt with that uh, with that new Kodiak, and I'll probably hunt with that uh, B Magrizer as well this year. Yeah, and, um, I'll, yeah, I won't take the Kodiak to Alaska because it's not a takedown. So I'll probably probably take the um, the A Mag and the B Mag to Alaska. Yeah, cool. I just picked up a uh, man. I th- I think it's a seventy six. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's it's the the green and brown grizzly. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that thing. It, yeah. it, and it's mint. The guy I got it off of. It's uh, it's spotless. And uh, yeah, I think I saw that on Instagram. Did yeah. You do this yep. Yeah. yeah. I was shooting this. I was shooting it this afternoon. And I shot a picture of it with with the the grayling quiver on it, just because it yeah. looks so pretty. But yeah, that that one's man. I love that bow too. So. Just so many. When we were at Kalamazoo, I grabbed that B riser. I think it was like early, like 2010s, but bingo, red stripe, I think. Oh, that was the one at, at, at the spin Lonnie's. rack booth. Yeah, or Lonnie's? I, yeah, I don't know. Regardless. So red it, stripe or the, or the green stripe? Red no, stripe. It was a red stripe. It wasn't a green. Yeah. yeah. Did they make that one in A riser? Or is Boy. it only? Hmm. I don't know. Because that grip was like that grips a lot like perfect. a green stripe. Yeah. Yeah, that green but stripe I'm has an that... A riser guy through and through. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, my I... green stripe is pretty narrow grip. It's like flat on the on the in, on the inside on the right side of the riser, isn't it? Like it's real. Yeah. There, there's a there was a guy at, at Etar or it was it was actually the ski tar year it was 2020 when there was like nobody there for because okay. of COVID, and right. um he had he had one that he got and I've never shot a a bear takedown like this bow this thing was just oh my gosh and the grip was like it was just that grip that fits your hands so perfectly you know oh man it was and it was a green stripe so ever since I shot that thing I've been having my eye open for one of those. Well, and every bow, every bow is a little different, you know, even even amongst the bear bows. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, the grip really has to speak to you, you know, for yeah, – I mean, it's really important, at least for me. So. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Those green stripes, they're they're all um, – what do you call it? Gainesville, right? Gainesville, yeah. Yeah. They were 90s, I think, right? I'm not exactly sure on the year. But, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely Gainesville. Okay. Oh man! You shooting? Oh, my buddy actually from Michigan makes a longbow. 
uh, Great Lakes Bow Works, and that uh, is my uh, that is my baby right now. That's your go-to <laughs> bow. It, it, it's he, another one of those grips. Oh, okay. oh yeah, oh. it's just I don't know what it is about that bow, but I actually I'm having a twin made. It should be here probably in the next couple weeks. So oh, there you go. I should have two bows with identical grips and. Hopefully they shoot the same arrows and everything's kosher and good to go and kind of decking it out with daughter-like <laughs> uh, stuff, having her name written on it and whatnot. So yeah, Schaefer's got cool. a daughter on the way. That's why he can't yeah. go to Etar this year. Oh, uh, what's your daughter uh, do? Mid-August. So or what's your wife cut- do? <laughs> what's your daughter, I should say? Uh, Mid-August, so it's cutting things a little close. Okay. Well, at least it's not during the rut or anything like that. <laughs> I, I I won't lie; that may have been planned. I, oh, okay. I, I may have forgotten about Etar. She came home one day, and I was like, "You know, I think I'm ready. We just have to wait till April." Well, why? I'm like, hunting seasons. <laughs> I'm just happy I didn't have to tell her we got to wait till April again because it was getting close. Oh, okay. That that may not have gone over as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I did. I did not do that. My son was born the first week of November. <laughs> oh no! You well, didn't see the meme. That could be you? really cool, though. If you guys, if, that's my you know, plan. If he's, in, if he's into bow hunting, and that you guys take your your uh, rut trip. That'd be great. Yep, that's my plan. Hopefully, he wants to hunt for his birthday every year, and I'll be thrilled. Yeah, but that's whatever. That's all right. So oh. I'll just have to get into elk because I'm you know August fifteenth. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oh man, so I guess I guess we can move on from bear. I, I I've gotten enough. Thank you. you got your fix. I did. I did. I always have to, man. That's my favorite. I I there's just I don't know what it is. I mean, I love all bows, but there's something about bears. My he what, really does. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Chris, I'll tell you another bow that I've got that's pretty cool. Um, but you know the signature bows with the gold latches and yeah, the yeah. Bingo, or not the bingo, but the rosewood. Uh, Brazilian rosewood. Um, anyway, they had 12 uh, sets of gold latches left over from that. And Dale Karch from Three Rivers commissioned Bear to make 12 A-hands with the gold latches. And so I've got one of those. Two. I've got number three of, of 12. Uh, oh, wow. Dale's got number one. His wife's got number two, and then I've got number three. But it's uh, that's a pretty neat bow. Have you shot it? No, it's still in the plastic. What? Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. What are you, anyway. gonna, are you gonna open it? Oh, I, I probably will at some point. You know, when um, the moment feels right, you happen to walk by it. Eh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's got clear glass limbs. It's a beautiful bow. So. Oh gosh, clear glass. What's what's underneath it? Uh, I think it's you. Oh, oh very gosh. nice, classy. Yeah. I, I was I was drooling over uh, Chris's. Chris's uh, I was literally about yeah. to bring that up. Yeah, his his AMAG like quilted maple. Oh, okay, so so what Chris did? He's got the magrizer, but then he put so um, the launch edition bow, which mm-hmm. is the mag. It it came out. They call it the launch edition. And I think I'm trying to think how many they made. Not very many, but it's a black magnesium um, or aluminum, actually, with those clear uh, quilted maple limbs. Yeah. And I've got that bow, too. So Chris took the limbs from the from the uh, launch edition bow and put them on 
his regular Fred Bear Camel uh, mag riser. Yeah, I, I was, was sharp. I, I I was hitting Neil up about those. I was like, I I, I need a set of those. Yeah. Yeah, those are yeah, just. Yeah, it's they're beautiful limbs. Yeah, they are. They look good. All It'd right. be cool if they did a custom shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Just never know. Oh. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you whether you know anything or not about it, but I did see the Fred Eichler post with a blurred out bow there. Yeah, I saw that too. I know nothing about you know that. No, nothing about that. I, I, you know, Jim and I were communicating back and forth, and Jim's like, "What do you think this bow is?" It's weird. We're having fun guessing, but, but. Uh, I hope it's but, something good. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked, I liked the Satori's he did with Hoyt. They were cool. They were a neat bow. I have one. It's an awesome bow. Okay. Um, I hope he does something cool like that with 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 Bear. That would be really yeah. cool. Something different too, like not like just throwing his name on a mag riser or something like that. I hope it's something different. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a pink mag riser. That would scream Fred Eichler. <laughs> with, with the yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pink cool. On pink on pink. Uh, I love it. Love everything bear. So we'll move on. What's what's going on with Compton? What's new with Compton? You all set for the rendezvous? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been having uh, you know monthly board calls, and, and uh, just everything's focused on making sure we're set for the rendezvous. But we're in a really good shape. I mean, we've got a you know the board got a great board and we work really well together and we we've got I I probably should count the number of tasks we've got it's probably close to 300 tasks that have to be completed to kind of pull off the rendezvous but uh, but we're in great shape and we've got you know a great lineup of speakers uh, you guys have probably seen the flyers but we've oh, yeah. got uh, Bryce Olson it's going to be the keynote um on friday night and he's five animals away from the north american 29 and then uh clay hayes is going to be the speaker on saturday night and so just i think you know we've got a home run with those two guys and they both have tons of adventure and stories to tell so i think it'll be neat to hear from them and then we've got uh five really neat seminars you know lined up too so we've got clay and bryce are going to do seminars as well Melody Hagee um, from Minnesota. She's going to talk about the value of tradition. We've got Bent Bow Outdoor Productions, yep. and they they uh, are going to do a seminar on filming their hunts. And then John Tucker, who owns Tacta Saddle, is going to talk about saddle hunting. So it's, uh, I think, in terms of speak, keynote speakers and seminar speakers, we've got a great lineup. And then, you know, we always have a ton of activities for the kids and We've got the you know free spaghetti dinner on Friday night, and the bow skirmish is always a lot of fun. That's kind of a competitive shoot, and we're actually working right now on a water bag shoot. I don't know if you guys have seen that at other venues, but um, that's going to be somewhat of a competitive shoot as well. And you know, Compton's not you know it's not a competitive shoot. We're there to have fun, but you know, part of the fun is you know competing for the folks that want to want to compete in the bow skirmish or the or the water bag shoot but uh just a lot of neat stuff going on and, and so you're obviously a lot of ton of vendors you know we've got the oh biggest yeah. we've got the biggest uh tent we can rent so that's that's going to be full and then we'll have vendors outside too so Can't you know it's a great place you know we were talking about bow grips and that earlier it's a great place to come and just 
shoot a bunch of different bows from a bunch of different boyers and try out different arrows and everything else. So, and, and you're all ready to pull my name for that Alaska hunt, right? So you guys have heard about the dream raffle? Well, you kind of yeah, you're going to pull mine before his. No, 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 no. Yeah, you, you hit us up at at, uh, at Kalamazoo, and and we were yeah. yeah, we were pretty excited about it. We're just trying to figure out you know who's going to fight over who's winning it. So. Uh, it's you know I can't wait to draw that ticket. Well, we'll probably have one of the kids in the crowd draw the ticket. But perfect. You know, it's good uh, to think Chris isn't going. He might blend in. Yeah. What, yeah. When you Schaefer, when are you going? When are you leaving? Uh, we're leaving here Tuesday to get there. And so we'll what, probably what, drive through. So what days does it run? It runs. It actually uh, goes from Thursday the sixteenth. Mm-hmm. That's when the ranges open up and and when the vendors open up uh, through Sunday. But I mean, if a lot of people will get there Monday and just start camping, and so is it hard know, to make a week out of it? But. Is it hard to get a spot if you show up on a Thursday night? Well, well it's not nearly as bad as Etar is. I think it's just just more available camping. Okay. I yeah. would say is a good way of saying it from the two times I've been. Is it a wooded area or is it open? Well, there's a little bit of shade on the perimeter, yeah. but then then it's pretty open in the in the middle. So not conducive to a hammock. I mean, no, no, you I'm, could lay it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just I, I'm starting know, to I don't know. Community is very friendly, so I'm sure you could just go into somebody's campsite around the perimeter that's got trees and ask them if you can hang out for a while. Got it. Literally. Just stick your Super D yeah. in one the ground on one side. <laughs> There's one tree. I, I, I put in all my vacation uh, this week because my boss was asking for it because they're, they're forecasting or whatever. And when I got done with all my days, I realized I still had three days left over. Oh, so you're going to make the rendezvous? I don't know. I, I got. I got to get it past the You're wife. Make the rendezvous. Which I mean, yeah. which which pretty much I mean, it's June, right? Father's yeah, Day June, weekend. It's Father's Day weekend, so it. I mean, that's the card right there. It's Father's Day weekend. I'll, I'll, if I bring the little guy with me, I mean, I could yeah. probably pull this off. Yeah. That'd be a good one for him. There's a ton of kid stuff. Yeah, and he we I just I just took him to his first 3D shoot on Sunday, and he he was like not wanting to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go because getting him to shoot his bow is tough. Is tough, and he's got a really nice custom longbow. Oh, okay. But uh, man, I got him out there, and the guys I shoot with are all like in their 70s, and they're a riot. And immediately yeah. he's like, like when we were done, he's like, when are we coming back? I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, all you can do is plant the seeds, and then you know let them let yeah. them kind of drive themselves to it so but yeah there's there's tons of activities for the kids uh you know we we have uh for the ladies we have a a lady skillet toss which is always pretty good adventure see that and then the the kids do a dutch oven cooking thing too and it's just uh, there's a lot of fun activity but my probably one of my favorite things are uh jim and i would always help uh with the youth and we take around shooting you know the 3d course they're shooting balloons. the smaller kids are shooting balloons and but i like at night when they're under the lights shooting aerial targets oh yeah and you just see all these arrows just whizzing by <laughs> the targets and you know one one person hits it and everybody just screams it's a lot of fun oh uh, well you got me thinking hopefully i can pull something off we'll see what happens here if i can get it past yeah. the wife maybe drag her with me yeah that, get the whole family you know, to go 
Compton is so family oriented. You know, that is the neat thing about it. It's focused on, you know, kids and focused on family and, and it really is a family event. So this will be the first year my dad makes it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So what I'll do is, Oh, sorry. I know Clay Hayes is uh, Clay Hayes. Uh, his whole family's coming in, so they're going to be there. And then Melody Hagee, she told me that her whole family's coming in too. I think she's got five kids. So I was about to say that's a bus full. Yeah, they got a, they got a full van. I said that's a bus full. Yeah, it is. So what I'll do is I'll play her this podcast, and that'll sell it. That'll seal the deal. All right. All right. What's her name? Jen. Hey, Jen, you got to show up to Captain. <laughs> and done. All right. Uh, nothing like a little peer pressure on a Thursday nothing. night. Nothing. No. In front, of, in front of everybody, the what, the 100 people that listen to this. Now, I find it, Compton is so far for me, but it's the more doable shoot of the two because I can always just say, hey, you want to go visit your family? To my wife, who's from Ohio. Oh, okay. I just drop her off and then <laughs> – Michigan, I go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean me. I meant or we. I meant you. There you go. But no, the uh, dream wrap all that's that's going to be cool. And you know, um, I actually was texting Rourke Brown, who owns who owns Homer Ocean Charters today, and and um, so you know, with whoever the winner is, they're going to be hunting with Compton board members. You on the boat, so it'd be it'd be really a neat trip. You, you do I like it. the part that you you fish and hunt, so it's it's kind of like a combo trip all in one. Talk Plus, all, all the other gear that's been donated. So yeah, there's your a, there's my a riser. There yeah, you go. Perfect. It's that simple. Twenty five bucks, you got an a riser. You know. Do you do you do a lot with 20. Homer Homer? Oh. Yeah, I mean we've we've just become friends. So I'm yeah. going there. I'm going there uh, in June fishing. Uh, so we've got like TJ Conrad's, Kevin Barr, Jim, Echo. Um, I was curious to know if that was the that trip. <laughs> yeah, Dale Karch and myself, and then works there normally with his son Ashton, and we just have a great time. We take we take the boat and we go out for a week and. Yeah, I'd catch a bunch of fish, and then in the evening pull into a pull into a cove, and you know you're grilling out fresh fish, looking at mountains, looking at you know, looking at uh, mountain goats, and it's pretty neat experience. So we're we're going to do that in June, and then I'm actually going on uh, the bear hunt in August, not a homer. I suppose go up to um, actually I should be leaving for uh, Manitoba tomorrow. But I haven't been poked, so I couldn't get across the border, so I had to cancel that trip. But yeah. but I will be, you know, uh, bear hunting in Alaska, and then obviously I'll be doing the moose hunt. But yeah, it's Rourke's a super cool dude. He loves traditional bow hunters, and uh, and so we always have a great time. And, and Homer's such an awesome town. Oh yeah, have Ooh. you been there? Yeah, we went there. We went for our honeymoon. We went to Alaska, and we we basically we just flew up there and rented a car and we spent i think four nights or five nights in homer and five nights up at denali and we we, it was cool we stayed at a a little uh a winery and they had two rooms two rooms and a big cedar hot tub out front and it just yeah it overlooked the spit and everything you were up on the hill a little bit and oh 
catch Mac Bay and yeah, yeah. We went out to Seldovia for a day and, and hung out yeah. out there, and it was just such a rad town. I loved it, and and I just yeah. since I've left there, all I want to do is go back. I I got out on a halibut excursion, and and it was fun, man. It was cool. Got a nice halibut, took it home, grilled it up. It was great. I got a couple actually. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was a good trip. Yeah, I took uh, my wife's not into into bow hunting, um, but I took my family to Alaska, and we we rented one of Rourke's boats and went out as a family and you know caught some halibut and rockfish. Yeah. Just had had a great time, but they all want to go back. Yeah. I, w- when I went out, she went. She uh, she went to the spa for the day, and I went out on on a, on a halibut trip. Okay. Yeah, got my derby card. Was hoping for a big, you know, no, no no tagged fish, but it was still fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was good. Oh man, what um what else we need to hit on here? What you know, got? I would say on the on the sticking on comp in just a little bit. We've yeah, got, definitely. We've got the membership drives going on. Uh, right now, so uh, we've got a women women's membership drive, and uh, we basically have um, Tracy and David Blowski from St. Joe River Bows have donated oh, yeah. a bow, uh, a, a one-piece recurver longbow. Uh, Selways donated a Grayling quiver, and then Renee from Rush Creek Originals donated a custom-sized set of ladies' wool bibs. So we've got that going on. And then we've got the general membership drive going on, too. And um, we've got, let's see, um, the new member bow is the new member bow is from uh, Great Coffee. from Oh, yeah. And then if uh, whoever, if you're a current member and you sponsor someone to become a member, then you're in the drawing for a poison dart bow. Nice. Yeah, some some pretty pretty neat things going on, and for the first time, Compton surpassed the 2,000 member mark. So we're really having a lot of growth, and uh, just really happy to see it. And appreciate all the support. That's great. Hard to beat that. Yeah, I, I love reading the new member list every every month yeah. and, or every quarter was every quarter and i'm looking for people in my area and i found one so far and i was pretty excited about that i haven't tracked the guy down but i'm looking for him it's, yeah there you go not to sound creepy yeah not but... to sound creepy but jason brown i'm looking for you <laughs> there you go <laughs> he lives in my town i've never heard of the guy so i'm like i gotta find oh, this really? guy he shoots traditional yeah and yeah. i don't have any people to shoot with here really i mean my, my one friend joe just started shooting which is great it's finally nice to have somebody to shoot with and but everybody else is like you know thirty years older than me, which is fine. They're a blast, but I don't know anybody. Right. And there's no young younger people shooting traditional, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to push that around here in this area. That so. hurts a little bit, Chris. But. Well, you're five hours away, bud. You're not right in my area. <laughs> five and a half, actually. Do you guys have any traditional groups in your areas? So either state or local organization. That that's an interesting question. It's something I said in the past that we. Did it, but I found out I was wrong. We have the Pennsylvania Longbow Association. Okay. Um, and we did have the Pennsylvania Traditional Archery Association, I believe is what the name was, 20 years ago, and that fizzled out. But okay. the, the PA Longbow Society is still a, a pretty big deal, I guess, and they have quite a few shoots. But there's nothing like right around me. I think I got it's like a couple hours to get to stuff, which is fine with me. I'm cool driving that far. 
But uh, that was a little reassuring because for a while I was under the assumption that we didn't have anything in PA. And you know uh, that surprises me because Pennsylvania's got such a rich yeah it's like history. It's a lot like Michigan. Yeah, Fred Bear was born there in, in Carlisle. Yep, yep. Yeah, was so, was it Waynesboro? Yeah, Waynesboro. Oh, okay, I thought it was Carlisle. All right. Um, yeah, it, but I mean, PA and PA is just just in general, and like we have the the Pennsylvania Bow Hunters Association, which does quite a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, like, it's a, it's a just in hunting in general. PA is a rich hunting history. Yeah, and uh, we have some really cool seasons. We have we have a flintlock season after Christmas, which is awesome. It's flintlock and archery, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's cool that PA really is rich in that hunting tradition, and I'm pretty psyched about that. So, but yeah, I I just try to push. I mean, I I belong to a, a gun club with I think we have you know 700 members. And and I run the archery shoots there, and I'm trying to push guys like you know try this. It's like being a kid again. It's wonderful. Yeah, and yeah. I'm getting there slowly. I got one guy so far converted. I think he's he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, a a solid compound hunter, and and I had him out the other day, and he was like, maybe, maybe I'll hunt with this this year, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah once I see how fun it is, it doesn't yeah. take much. No, it's yeah. great. Well, but, the reason I asked was because, you know, Compton is, we do, we co-sponsor a, a shoot with Buck Hollow bow hunters in, in Tennessee. But, you know, with the rendezvous being in Michigan, we kind of have this stigma that we're a Michigan organization. And so we're looking to, you know, work with, you know, other state organizations or, or even local organizations to really, you know, have, have a little broader reach. Yeah. So, what are you thinking? Like just like sponsoring shoots or are you thinking about doing another rendezvous in another state? No, I think the rendezvous, I mean, that is so big uh, of an effort to pull off. You really, it, it's it's a yeah. little more challenging to move that one around. Um, so I think it would be more in the context of co-sponsoring some shoots. And we've taught, we're in discussions right now with a couple organizations. Good. The other, the other thing we do is we have the big game classic. And we rotate that around the country, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and, and that's more of a banquet style on the weekends. And uh, we've had it in Pittsburgh, we've had it in Colorado, we've had it. Um, we're actually next year we do it on the odd year. Um, we're going to have it in Michigan, um, but that that is one where we do. It was going to be in uh, Florida, in Gainesville, and we we're going to have the tour of the uh, of the plant and all that but it got canceled due to covid right but that's one where we try to move it around so other people that can't necessarily make the rendezvous can have exposure to content is that annually or is that like the pbs one that's biannually yeah so we made a decision uh we compton had it uh, when they first started it they had it every year just to kind of get momentum uh but you know there's a lot of overlap between Compton members and pbs members and as a board we said we made a decision to have it on the off year. So PBS is on the even year, Compton will be on the off year, and then you can go to both. Because I, I remember one year I was going to Compton, Big Game Classic, I was going to a PBS banquet, and then a Pope and Young thing. And they were like one weekend after another, you know. And I was, I, fortunately, I, I had retired. I think that was 2019, or maybe, maybe, maybe 2018, I'm not sure can't remember right now but anyway it's a lot to try yeah to oh yeah 
limited vacation. That you know that's the beauty of traditional archery. There's so many cool things going on every year. Rendezvous, yeah. banquets, all kinds of good stuff. Lots to do. Yeah. So we're going to be the big game classic will be uh, on the odd year cadence. Yep. Good deal. Awesome. So so. Uh, so what's uh, what's what's on the uh, the agenda for this hunting season? Uh, less hall passes. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't that I wanted to get that many hall passes, but oh man, it, it got to be a grind. I mean, I think I think it was I shot a doe early in Michigan. I think yeah. first weekend, and then I you know focused on Ohio, and I thought I was going to draw Iowa, but didn't draw. So focused on Ohio. And I mean, it was, I was, I was passing up some pretty good deer and then I was trying to get them on film just so people could see, I'm literally passing up these deer. Which you, know, you did. Them. Yeah. And, uh, but the, the sad part about that was the ones that were borderline or, you know, shooters, the camera was not out, you know, I was like bow in hand, it's time to get it done. And, you know, one reason or another just never happened. And I think I ended up shooting a doe, just a, a young doe, January fifteenth. I mean, I saw her coming. I was I was exhausted. You know? <laughs> I've done a lot of. I, I can't oh. how many all day sits I did, but I did several all day sits in a row. And um, and then I saw that doe coming, and I'm like, you know what? I'm really tired. And my oldest daughter was like, Dad, I just want some venison. You know, her, you know, my son-in-law and her, they're like, just shoot something, would you? We, we want some venison. So I had that in the back of my mind, and she, here comes the Sloan Doe, and I'm like, well, I'm going to get it done. And 15 yards, made a great shot, and watched her tip over. And Perfect. So it, was a, it was a grinder season. But, yeah, this year, you know, I've got uh, you know, going to Alaska on the fishing trip and then the bear hunt in August. And then uh, Monty and I are going back to Alaska, moose hunting. We're going to go in, I think the, let's see, I think we're going in on the 6th or the 7th, and we're coming out on the 27th. So we'll have a oh, wow. pretty good long hunt. Um, Excellent. Last year we were almost, well, we were there over 25 days, um, and it was a little slow. So hopefully hopefully we get into more moose this year. Um, so, so the retirement thing's completely over for him? It is for now. Okay, it's good. That's what he told me. So, uh, good. But yeah, so we're going moose hunting and then, and now folks, on I should, I've got five points for Iowa. Yeah. Should draw that, but I'll, I'll start out hunting in Michigan early season and then hunt Iowa during the rut and then probably Ohio, you know, you know, late season. Now probably hunt Ohio, you know, early season too, before I go to Iowa. I, I can't believe it's May and I'm already excited for hunting season. Right. Uh, you know what? With with planning the rendezvous and all that, it's just you know, and then the Alaska trip coming up in June, it's I mean, time's flying right yeah. now for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. And, and you got your boat season come up coming up where you get to post all your pictures of sitting on a lake on a boat and make the rest of oh, us yeah. jealous while we're all working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. it was good. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I remember. just scroll by real fast when I see Torch Lake now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. Not, I, 
remember, people off, but I guess it does for some. So. No, it's great. I, I, I remember great. working my ass off, sitting in a mechanical room, and I'm like flicking through my phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, Brian's, Brian's living the good life. All right, good for him. You know, as long yeah. as somebody's having fun, you know? Oh, well, I grinded it out for a lot of years. So I feel, well, again, I feel very blessed to be Well able. earned. So what have you guys got lined up? Schaefer? Uh, hopefully being able to hunt. That's that's <laughs> what I've, I've got lined up this you can year. Have your hands so, yeah. yeah. I'll have Sundays. <laughs> okay. I'm hoping for Sundays, actually. I'm hoping, I'm hoping Pennsylvania passes the Sunday law this year. Yeah, I was going to ask you if they uh, if you could hunt in, in uh, Pennsylvania on Sundays. So for the last two seasons, we've had three Sundays a year, and it's usually been one Sunday during archery, one Sunday during rifle, like deer rifle, and one Sunday during bear rifle. Okay. And that's all we've gotten so far, which is like, I, I guess from what I understand from from most folks I've talked to, it's it's the preliminary. It, it's the stepping stone <laughs> that most states that have blue laws when they. Tri- when they go over into like fully just legalizing Sunday hunting, that's okay. kind of the first effort. So hopefully this year's the year. That's what I really want. I'm not leaving the state or anything. I'm not traveling for hunting. We're we're uh, we're doing a Disney trip that first week of November. And uh, I didn't hear that. I said we're doing a Disney trip that first <laughs> week of November. Did you hear pain? Did you hear the Did you hear the pain and the grit through my teeth? Well, you know what? That's just another it's worth another it. factor in why you should come to Compton. Yeah, if you're if you're having to do Disney, I agree. You should go to Compton. I now agree. that'd be fun. No, that's gonna be we awesome. There when they were young, so yeah. So I I, I got to just deal. It's only one season. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. but no, I, I'm gonna put a. Uh, obviously, I'm gonna put a lot more effort into my early season this year. Um, usually like I, I have, uh, about 40 some acres that I hunt on and I have my early season stand and then my rut stand that is, you know, the goat. And I, I might not spend a whole lot of time in my early season stand and I might just go to my, my, I just be, I mean, I don't want to blow things out of there. But this year, I might not even really care. This year, I might just want to put maximum effort it's in. Because you have limited time. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it's Pennsylvania. And, and, and I'll put, like uh, like I said, a good amount of effort into October and then my second season. I, I love second season, um, which which are our second seasons that one was talking about with the flintlock and, and archery. They go, they're together. But it, it starts the day after Christmas. So you, whether it's... Any day during the week, other than Sunday, it's the day after Christmas it starts. And yeah, cool. uh, yeah it's awesome. Nobody's in the woods. It's cold. I love the late season because me of too. That. You feel, and I'm on a, I'm on a lease in Ohio, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm there by myself. But I mean, it, you just feel like you've got the entire woods to yourself. You know, yep. and I a good, love that. A good pair of bibs is key. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, man, it's great. So so I'll, I'll I'll get my I'll have my fun. I can't wait. I'm so excited. But yeah, and hopefully like you're saying your your second season starts after Christmas, and Vermont's been closed for ten days at that point. <laughs> oh, it's really yeah. I mean, through the end of the year, huh? it's been. I mean, I think it's been that way for two years now. But mm. we bow season now opens October first. And runs all the way to December fifteenth, and that's okay. that's it. And it's technically bow season's closed during rifle season, 
you can still hunt with a bow. You just have to. You're filling your rifle tag. My rifle tag. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it used to bow season used to be three weeks long. <laughs> so it, huh? wow, it, it used to start the first Saturday of October, run for three weeks, and then the then they extended it so it run three weeks, end on a Sunday, and then they made it so you could hunt to that following Friday. So he gave you like three and a half weeks. Okay. And then two years ago, they just said, nope, October 1st, December 15th. Okay. So, not yeah. like it changed my odds, but I at least can spend more time <laughs> in the woods. So I'm Yeah, and that's what I do. I mean, I it's, you know, like last year, whitetail hunting was a grinder, but I, I, I love it. I mean, I'm I'm out there because I love it. You know, exactly. It's, yeah, it's not a job. It's it's pure pleasure. But you know, there's a couple of days where you're like just wore out, and it you know yeah. can wear on you. But you know, you guys like uh, you guys like history, and mm-hmm. oh yeah, and, you know, Chris, you're really geeked into bare bows. So one of the things I forgot to mention about the Contra Rendezvous is this year we've got John Cabisa, who's a huge bear archery collector. And Gene Hopkins, who really kind of has all the periods, more the early periods of archery, you know, with the Thompson brothers and Compton and, you know, Pope and Young. And, and uh, anyway, they're having a history of archery display. So they're going to, that's going to be set up in the clubhouse and they're going to have half of the clubhouse to set up their, their uh, archery artifacts. And they've got some amazing items. So it is, is John. Is John going to do the slideshow by chance? The 59 yeah. slideshow? Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about that. I mean, normally Gene and him just set up the displays, but, um, you know, that's one thing I could ask him if he'd be what? he'd be willing to do. But, you know, when Jim and I were getting ready for the tribute hunt, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we went over there and went through those slides. It was it was amazing. You know the iconic uh, suspension bridge over the river? Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, you the slides showed the progression of them building that bridge. And so you just see cool stuff that you don't, you don't typically, or you haven't typically seen. How, how many slides are there? Oh man, it, it took quite a while. So oh, man. of course we were, we were geeking out on every slide, but uh, yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. I, I remember you guys, I forget what it might've been the, uh, the hunting one one podcast you guys did with, um, Wait, whoa, what's his name? I'm, I'm drawing a blank with Bear. Uh, Dylan. Dylan Ray. Yeah, Dylan Ray, yeah. Um, when you guys started talking about that, I was like, oh, man, somebody somebody needs to get him to do that at an event so other people yeah. can see that because that would be – I would kill to see that. <laughs> he just – he and he and Gene just did a, uh, a podcast with uh, Stickball Chronicles with, with uh, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, and I listened to that, and it was awesome. And I was just like, "Oh yeah. my gosh, it's so good listening to." And and because they're they're two collectors from different times in in archery history, which is really cool too. Yeah, John's really focused on you know he's he's from Michigan. Yeah, so Michigan he's based. Really yeah. on you know Fred Bear and Bear Archery, so yep. he's pretty specialized. Gene's quite a bit broader uh, in his collection and what he what he focuses on, but you know, what's really neat is when you see this vintage stuff firsthand, um, you know, the, the bolo tie that, that Fred had in so many photos that we were able to take to Alaska, you know, on the tribute hunt, you know, that will be there for sure. And that, I mean, 
every time I see it, I've got to I've got to put it on. You know. <laughs> let me let me ask you: Was that in your carry on or on you when you took that well, out there? It uh, it was it was actually in my carry on. So, uh, but the one thing that I had to wear up there uh, because was the Borsalino hat. So, oh yeah. So you know, John sold me a Borsalino hat that was. Identical brand, identical color uh, as to the one that Fred wore, and it fit me. And I told him, I'm like, John, I've got to have that hat. And so he sold it to me. And uh, and anyway, you know, I, I wore that actually on the plane because I didn't want to get him crushed. Right, right. So, so Fred didn't wear that one, right? Yeah. Well, no, not the one that I had. Right, okay, okay. Well, the one I had was you know, the one that John sold me was identical brand and color and everything okay. else and even even the same size but it was in mint condition i i remember yeah. i remember you telling that story and i was like i wonder if fred wore that or if john just had it no john just had it okay so john okay. bought it because he wanted one to wear yeah but john's got he's got a big noggin so it didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> i can relate to that yeah <laughs> He, he's a guy I want to meet. After listening to that podcast, man, I was like, oh, th- this is the guy I want to talk to about bear archery, you know? Reason number 52 to come to the rendezvous. What's that? The reason, yeah, reason exactly, exactly. to come to the rendezvous. Yeah, that won't be a selling point for the wife, but it is for me, so. <laughs> oh, man. Schaefer, what else we got to hit on tonight? I don't know. You oh, guys are talking we, about bear we, stuff. We got, Here I am looking at bear archery <laughs> A-risers yes. at the moment. Guys, it's not going to take much to get him back on the... On the on, cause he sold she'll it. come in a small box, too. A 60-inch box is obvious. She'll never know. A takedown just comes in a typical size box. She'll put it never together know. While she's not home, and then it's just on the rack, you know? Yep. Let, let's... Let, let's we'll, we're going to hit one more thing, and we'll, we'll leave you alone. Wood arrows... Yeah, you're a wood arrow guy. You make you make your own, right? Yeah, you know what's interesting is um, we had Suzanne St. Charles make our arrows for the oh, troops. So months. cool. So I connected with uh, Carson over at Sherwood. You know, sent Susan the the actual shafts. Connected with Three Rivers to get the the fletching the natural bark turkey feathers over to her, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you know she assembled them. Yeah. And that was when I shot that moose. That was the first animal that I killed with an arrow that I didn't make myself. But it, you know, we wanted that St. Charles connection. It was just really neat to to have her part of that, you know, that journey and that hunt. Uh, but then uh, Bear came out with the 50th anniversary takedown. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think if it was at Kalamazoo or maybe uh, Michigan Traditional Bowhunters Jamboree. But Joe showed me these arrows, and it had yes. 50th anniversary takedown, and I'm like, oh, Joe, I've got to have those. So anyway, then I then I bought a couple dozen. I because I've got I've got the uh, the black, you know, yep. maple riser. Yep. And I also have the babinga riser and the B handle. Oh, cool. And so I I had to make two sets. And Ch- do you guys know uh, Chopper Chad? Of course, yeah. How, how can we not know Chopper Chad? So I had, I love I love the um I love my my combination of arrows is where you have natural bard and then you have a white cap. And so I had Chad splice me some feathers and send them to Joe so he could use those on there. So 
anyway, I, the last actual couple of years, I've killed quite a few critters with you know arrows that Joe made. Yeah, he oh, makes that's cool. I really like the finish. He's like his, his satin finish. I've used I've used yeah. his gloss, but man, it's the satin finish he used on those bear arrows. Um, mm-hmm. He made them for the the Kodiak, and they were like that green, that grayling green color. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh my gosh, those arrows! Yeah. When I saw those, that that, I think that's the time I realized I need to start cresting and, and crown dipping my arrows. When I saw yeah. the, that set of arrows, I was like, oh my gosh, they're beautiful. But I I have um, I have I should go grab them and show them to you because they're gorgeous. But I I have a set of feathers from Chad that's for my hunting arrows for this year. I haven't built them yet. Do you splice your own feathers? No, or? I have I haven't a clue how to do it. But he he did some for me from Kalamazoo. Uh, you got. Give me a second. I'll go grab them. You got to see these things. Yeah, he. I mean, he, go ahead. All go right, ahead. I'll, I'll back. Talk to Shane. But yeah, he. Uh, Chad does a great job. I mean, oh, fantastic. Was, you know, I just do the butt butt end splice. It's just cheaper, and it looks good if you don't zoom in. You know, but he does a real deal, and uh, I mean, they they look phenomenal. In fact, I, he just sent me some more. So for the arrows that I make myself, but. Awesome. I know it, it's funny how when you make your own arrows, everybody's saying how nice they look. Well, hopefully. And then, yeah. like, you being the person that made them, you're like, well, what about all these flaws? It's oh, like, yeah. I'm, you're always most critical of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's too good. Let's see if I can get these in the right light. Can you see those? Well, you know, I've got – oh, yeah. Oh, so that is that um, orange and yellow? It's red. It's actually oh, red. Oh, red. Okay. Yeah, let me see if I put my hand behind it. Oh, yeah, there. Yeah. But oh, it's good. Yeah. yeah. So clearly I'm going to do a... The red, then? Yeah, definitely okay. going to put a red stripe in the crest. I just... I haven't decided... Like, my, my favorite colors are red and black. So pretty much the majority of my arrows I've done have been red and black. Either red crown dip... Or, excuse me, black crown dip. And uh, I did do some... I did do one set that was forest green. Yeah. Um. But this one, I think, will be black crown dip with that red stripe to match the feather. Yeah, so, that'd be cool. so yeah, those those are for my hunting arrows this year. And he he keeps he, I I talked to him not too long ago, and he's like, "Did you use those feathers yet?" I'm like, "No, I'm saving those." Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to be. Can't re- just use. Them. No, no, especially when you know. Oh, geez, they're beautiful. But um, yeah, I'm really really excited about those you feathers. Guys, both shoot wood. Well, Schaefer, I, I am all over the place right now. <laughs> oh, okay, I uh, he's testing the waters. I like, yeah, I like both. I, I listened to a podcast recently about aluminum arrows, and I was unexpectedly drawn to it. No pun intended. Okay. So right now, I'm shooting some uh, wood arrows that I didn't expect to even like, or uh, aluminums. Aluminum. But I've been making a lot of wood arrows too, so. What aluminum ones do you have? The XX75s or? Yeah, I've been shooting some camo hunters because it's the only yeah. thing you can readily buy. Yeah. Uh, if I had, my dad's got a stock of autumn orange in his basement that I can't uh, seem to get off his hands. I used to shoot those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are cool. But I made a. It's their green crown with pink and purple cresting with pink feathers. It's quite the. Uh, I put. Quite the, color. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it was it was I call my baby arrows version. I think I'm on version two right now. <laughs> so hopefully by deer season they're you know version four or five and they're on wood arrows. 
I like to. I, I just love wood arrows. I like how quiet they are, and yeah. I just oh yeah looks of them. And again, it's you know if if you take a carbon shaft, you know, and you've seen the slow motion video of a carbon shaft with Archer's Paradox, and then and then a wood shaft. There's you know there's definitely no comparison in terms of consistency and all that. But to me, I'm like if I can if I can uh, have a pass through through a moose. You know, with a wood shaft, yeah. I'm not worried about it. You know, <laughs> it's working. So, yeah. Oh, exactly. The, this year's deer was my first year I ever killed a deer with a wood arrow, and I, I mean, that arrow blew through that deer, full pass through, no problem. And yeah, I was so I, I was sold the minute I started shooting them, and it was funny because it it took a it took a few years to get me to try them. Like I had a buddy who was always, you know ragging on me to try them and i'm like nah 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 not interested not interested and then when i tried them i was like what the hell was i thinking why wasn't i shooting these all the time because they're there's just i mean it's instantaneous when you shoot a wood arrow it's it's you you realize the difference and i've never been i've never been one to to notice like minute differences and things but man as soon as i shot a wood arrow i was like sold completely sold you know it's um going back to suzanne it I don't think anybody will ever outcrest Suzanne. No. She's oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, yeah. The and the, some of the, I mean, I look at some of her arrows. I'm like, I my mind wouldn't even. Think of that, you know. <laughs> did, did you? I would s- make it through one, let alone a no. dozen. Did you yeah. see the arrows she just made for Carson? No. I, are they the purple? The ones? purple ones. So they're like shades of purple that just taper off. Oh well, maybe maybe I did see them. I just didn't know they were. Holy for crap! I you should see them. So I've messaged with Suzanne quite a bit on Facebook, and uh-huh. she wasn't thrilled about getting rid of those after she got rid of them. I think she called them <laughs> her sinister noodles, which uh-huh. is even better. <laughs> they they are go on Carson's. I think they're on Carson's Instagram. Go on there and, and they okay. are stunning. I think stunning. I have seen them. I just didn't know they were for him. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. I think I saw them on her page, but um, but yeah, she the I had a pass through on the tribute um, hunt bull, and the next year I found the kill arrow straddling over a, a moose trail when I was making a stock. It was just in. The arrow was in phenomenal shape. I mean, it's hanging on my moose rack right now. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a testament to the quality of arrow she builds. Was that Joe's? Do, do, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you have a preference as far as uh, like Doug fir, cedar, or any of that nature? Well, I used to shoot cedar, but it's just finding high quality cedar is just really tough now. Yeah. Uh, so I've been I've been shooting Doug fir for man. I don't know, 15, maybe 20 years now. And I'm just so pleased with, you know, what comes out of Sherwood shafts that oh yeah, that's my go-to shaft now. They're, they're so consistent. I mean, so so I just built up a, a dozen this week. Schaefer, I didn't tell you this yet. Uh, finished. Finished arrows. This is So here you go. First time I'm telling you. Bogus. Brian, do you want to be a co-host? They were, seriously, 12 12 arrows. The lightest one was 608. The heaviest one was 611. Yeah. Within three grains? Yeah, that's crazy. Amazing. I, I just... And and again, this is another dozen I got got from Sherwood that I, I think I straightened one. I'm just more amazed that you made them. 
and you Easy. were that tight of specs. Easy, that's not cool. Man, this is a rough crowd. Oh, it's tough. Oh, here. this is this is constant. Brian. Tough. Even when we we're not have recording. We a little uh, wood arrow or arrow making. Uh, I don't know the best way of saying it, but competition maybe. Some okay. Serious like, abuse. I bought my cresting machine after he bought his because I couldn't allow him to make better arrows. Oh, there you go. So that means so, I have more experience. Yeah. That worked. That worked. <laughs> well, you know, I I always tell Carson I like heavy arrows because of you know hunting moose. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, stash some, you know, heavy arrows for me. And and they every year I've noticed I've gotten a little lighter. And I'm I'm accusing Andy Ponce of going over there and stealing my arrows. <laughs> it's my probably cat. true. Yeah. How heavy do you like? Well, as heavy as I can get it. I mean, really. And, what um, spine do you shoot? <laughs> uh, 60, 65, or 70, 75, uh, depending on the bow. Um, What's your draw weight? 730 grain tanks upstairs and 70, 75s. <laughs> you have how, how many grains? 730. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That That is. Are they compressed? <laughs> I dug first. <laughs> really? Wow. What do, you, what do you shoot for draw weight? Uh, well, for moose, like when I was shooting, the, when I was going up there with the longbows, I was, uh, 60 to 62 pounds, but you know, um, I, the, the 59 Kodiak I took there was 58 pounds. And then my B, my mag riser, the limbs are 55 pounds. So, but I, I mean, you know, for whitetails, I actually like going between 50 and 55 mm-hmm. for moose i'm kind of 55 to 60 okay range oh have you always been a wood guy wood arrow well uh when i was younger i shot some aluminum uh oh that's right you said that yeah yeah yes yeah, I, I would hunt with you know the autumn orange and yeah. um but i mean i've shot wood for so long now it's hard to even remember the aluminum yeah and- i do have of them downstairs in my basement, though. Yeah, you can't really say anything negative about autumn oranges. They're so pretty. There's yeah. something, about, something about them. It's, uh, the issue is they came out in a time when you know everybody was shooting overdraws, so mm. it's like every autumn orange out there is either new, new, never been opened, and is $150 a dozen somehow now, <laughs> or 26 inches long. <laughs> so Chris could shoot them, but that's about it. I, I like uh, you know I, I like arrows. It's uh, I like the process of making them. I yeah. like the looks of them, and so to me, arrows are just cool. Yeah. Do you oh, cr- yeah. do you crest at all or no? Oh yeah. 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 There's something about that. Yeah, I've got the spin right, and that yep. works really well. So. Yeah, there's something about sitting in front of that thing for an hour. It's just. And you're doing it. Typically, I'm doing it in, in the off season, so mm-hmm. I'm down in my den, cup cup. Oh, yeah making arrows and yep. it's just relaxing so i enjoy the process absolutely it's really unfortunate my backdrop the only thing you can't see in my disgusting basement is my arrow building station because i sit oh, right in front of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh man well i think we've taken enough of your time but geez thank you so much absolutely this has been fun great. yeah no problem yeah enjoyed um, it thanks for having me Thank you. Anything, anything you want to you want to say before we get off here? You good? No, I think I think we covered it all. So good chatting with you guys, and I look forward to seeing both of you at the rendezvous. Exactly. I, I'm gonna do my best, Brian. Thank you so much, man. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Are you guys gonna be uh, at Etar? 
Yeah, definitely. I'll, I will be there. Either. Schaefer. Pro- probably not. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. That I'll, would I'll be a okay. mad dash if I do go. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it a ton. It's good to catch up with you. Yeah. Good seeing you guys again. 